Good people of Los Angeles, welcome to the FCFC FSFSA pod. Today's guest is Steve Hahn. He's a writer for Gold Korea. He's also an official scout by trade. And so we're in for a treat for you betting fans out there, for you football heads who can't get enough soccer content right now. Um, the K-League has been now in action for close to a month, and Steve gives us his inside tip on who's going to win, who's a dark horse to come through, and who we really can't stand watching right now. So buckle up. You're in for a treat. As always, um, there's a lot of cussing involved, surprisingly only for me. And also, this is just going to be me and Steve talking, so no Slim and Dweez. Um, they will be back for next week, but wanted to clue you guys into a combo we had a couple weeks ago. Definitely, definitely a must listen for all FCFC heads. Love you guys. FCFC. So are they pumping they're pumping in crowd noise and pre-recorded stuff like the whole game, right? At these K League. Yeah, yeah, something up? like that. And like they apparently like you know, it's like this strategic thing where if the opponent has the ball, uh-huh. and that's the away if the away team has the ball, like they I don't know how they do it, but it's they they turn on the booing sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things like that. And when the opponent is having a set piece or whatever, it's, it's like they, 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 they switch it up, which is really cool to see. I don't know how they do it, man. Yeah, it's, it's, you feel like it's like a DJ board. It's like, da, 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 da. Like this, I know, this, man. This, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Dude, that's wild. I mean, at this, at this point in this kind of time, like, honestly, nothing is kind of a dumb idea anymore. It's just like, if you want cardboard cutouts to your fans, just put that shit up there and we'll see, it. We'll see what sticks. Yeah. Right? yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, whatever works. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm just glad that we're getting these games, dude. I know, man. And it took me, like, 15, 20 minutes to get, like, used to and acclimated to, like, what it felt like with no crowd and noise and stuff. But once yeah. you're in, you're like, oh, my God, it's live sports again. You go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who do you feel like has, a, has, like, the loudest supporter base, best supporters in um, K-League? That's a tough one. I mean, you used to be Suan, for sure. Yeah. Because they, they have- by far had the best, like, the best stadium atmosphere, best fan base, but... You know, obviously they've been struggling over the last like five years or so. They've been winning FA Cups, but obviously, you know, Suwon's supposed to be like the biggest club in Korea. Gotcha. Where's that come from? Like, was it? Do they, are they backed by good money? Like, where? What's the they? They, they used they used to get that funding from from yeah. Samsung, but now they're owned by now they're essentially they're owned by CJ, and they're not being backed as well as they were before. Yeah. But they they but they still have one of the highest payrolls in the league, which is the crazy thing. But they're just not they're just not performing. It's not the same team. I don't know if they're like their manager, it's like I would say his ability is questionable to say the least. Yeah. Um, it's just they're they're not playing a brand of football that's that can attract a lot of fans. And they've been losing fans left and right too, man. This is a team that used to have get like close to twenty thousand fans per game. Crazy. It's like it's it's way under it's way under ten thousand now. Yeah, and I think from even from me outside looking in, like they have 
they had, you know, they still have like the most like well-organized supporter base with um, Frente Chicole, yeah. right? And, oh yeah, no, their their supporters group is they, they, those guys are awesome, man. They're strong, right? They take a lot of European and like South American stuff. You yeah, know, kind of take yeah, it their yeah. own. Um, what about Usan? Because I've been hearing a lot of Usan chants on YouTube and stuff, and like it seems yeah. like even the Chargazeo song like was like pretty right, man. Right? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's pretty awesome. That's very Korean, Korean-centric culture yeah. out of this, yeah. Yeah, and the, the the fun thing about them is that they got that little rivalry going with Pohang, that little you know regional rivalry, which is which is nice to see because um that kind of stuff really helps you know the K League to promote itself I think yeah, and you know that 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 rivalry is actually it's like a really storied rivalry too because they they had the title in their pocket last season up until that very last game of the season when they played Pohang and they ended up losing four one. Crazy. And they lost the title on the last day. Um, that only adds to the drama, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ulsan, that's an exciting team. I think in terms of, like, the size of fan base, if that's what you're asking, it's not as big as, like, you know, Jumbuk, FC Seoul, or even, like, Suwon. Yeah. But, yeah, they've got a loyal fan base, though. Yeah, it's just that, you know, with Korea, you get all these World Cup stadiums that are, like, huge. Right. It's hard to create, like, a really good atmosphere in a – in, in a city that's really not as like dense as you know like Seoul or like other metropolitan cities. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Ulsan's an exciting team for sure, especially because they got such a strong squad this year. And I mean, they had a good squad like, squad last year too. So. Yeah, watching the highlights of that um that the beatdown that they had as Hangju yeah. Hangju Samu was like wow they have they they were clinical at finishing like all their goals yep. were pretty. But yeah, even when um talking about the stadium size, man, it's. It's wild to see what a World Cup does to infrastructure, right? Like, even with the Chejido one, like, they – as Hobie pulled, it's a movie theater for most of the year. And I think, like, that's why there's no team store open at least until 40 minutes before kickoff. Like, yeah, it's man. pretty much, I think, trying to grow in popularity. I remember seeing – you tweet about it before about how, like, the smaller stadiums have been helping, you know, like, get, like, more – you feel like it's less empty when, like, you just have less, you know, less seats to fill in, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you look at the figures. Like, you look at the population of these some of these cities that with yeah. K League teams. Like, they really don't have any business having stadiums that are like, you know, like like forty thousand, fifty thousand seaters. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, they're a lot better off having a stadium like the one that Daegu just built, like last season. Gotcha. That's one hell of a stadium. That's like that's probably like the ideal stadium for most, you know, like mid-sized cities in Korea. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was, um, that's, I think, was part of what I was reading about Tegu was that, like, from the stadium, you know, manufacturing on, it's like, it seems like the club has an identity and understanding what they want out of the K-League and what they want out of themselves. Yeah. They're super yeah. exciting. What, um, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about FC Seoul a little bit. Like, is another yeah. like, Seoul area-based teams. Like, sure. Is it just, is it just kind of big city, like, um, ignorance to think that FC Seoul should be competing on the, top three, top two level every year, or is the parody just crazy? I know Pak Ju-young is back and has been back with FC Seoul for a minute, right? Yeah. And even there was some um, – I, I was listening to the Tegu Tavern pod, and they are saying that Ki Sung-young, there was an opportunity for him to come back maybe, but that was blown out the water. He was really upset about yeah. that. But, yeah, where does FC Seoul fit into the whole ranking of, like, culturally what they should be in terms of K-League team and, and, and their, uh, their stardom? I mean, you just said it, man. That's a team with a profile. That's a team that's big enough with a big enough fan base as well. And they also have the squad, I would say, that should be able to contend every year. 
Yeah. Or at least be in the in the conversation, you know, top four gotcha. without a doubt. But man, uh I've heard a lot of stories about the management of that team, you know, like off the pitch. You know what I mean? And you know, like I'm sure you heard about it as well with signing Kizongyo. That was a that that was a that was really a weird situation because I heard it's not just that they didn't offer him the kind of money that he was expecting. I mean, I heard that money wasn't even a big issue for him. Yeah. The problem with with him was like they just didn't. Obviously, they were scared of the backlash from the fans if they do if they fail to sign him. Like, yeah. imagine if Kisung Young went to Jumbuk, which was a which was a possibility at one point. Uh-huh. The backlash would have been fierce because FC Seoul fans love Kisung Young. Yeah, he was a he was because, a young kid. That's there, their right? guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their guy. And um, but it was sort of like they were playing with the media, like making themselves seem like they were going after him. The stories that I've heard was that they weren't they weren't really pushing hard for him. Really? Which which is which is weird. Which is weird. Like, um I mean maybe it was a budget issue, like who knows what the what the full full story is. But yeah, but I think those kind of little stories kind of give you a picture of like it gives you a picture of why they're sort of like underachieving every year. Yeah. Because this is a team that's you know, they're the only team in K League One that's playing in the capital city. Right, right, right. Um, that's that's a team with one of the biggest fan, like probably the biggest fan base right now in the K League. Um, and obviously they're backed by a pretty decently, you know, like they're 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 getting pretty decent funding as well compared to compared to other teams. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's no there's no reason for them to not be able to compete every year. And I think last year they were it was obviously a huge improvement from the year before when they were close to being relegated, which was which would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. That would have been a disaster for them, and that would have been a disaster for the league as well because you 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 need a team like that in, in the top flight, right? You know, to have you know that because that's one of the flagship clubs in the in the league. So if they got relegated, that really would have been a terrible thing for, for everybody involved. Or at least, at least that's, that's, that's how that's, or, you know, that's my personal opinion, I guess. But like, you need teams like FC Seoul, Suwon, Jeonbuk, Ulsan, and Pohang. You need these teams to do well, like on and off the pitch for the league to do better. And, you know, it's kind of tough to see them struggling the way that they have, but last year was pretty promising, but man, their first, their 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 performance in their first game this year was that defense, man. That was terrible. Yeah, no, they just folded um, on themselves, right? Yeah. You were saying yeah. before, um, is there is there a K League two team that's based out of Seoul right now? Yeah, Seoul Eland. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and that's so- another weird team, though. That's another that's another really weird team. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> um, like. I've heard so many weird stories about that team, man. Like it's the way that they're run, um, the the promises that were made by the front office that wasn't that weren't just met by the fans. And like here's the, another issue with them is their stadium. Their stadium is huge. It's bigger than FC Seoul Stadium because wow. they play at the Olympic Stadium in Seoul. Oh, they play at the Olympic Stadium. That's crazy. Okay. And it's like it's like a cemetery there when you watch their games, even on TV. That's sad as hell, man. But, like, you want these teams in Seoul to do well, you know? 
Right, that right, helps. Right. That helps. It gives the league a better image, you know, to attract more fans. Yeah, it boosts um, the of it. I, I was watching KBO last night on ESPN, and they were like everything because Hull is like the only framework of reference they have for Americans to understand, like even kind of what what's it about they're like oh yeah like the dinos play 140 miles away from Seoul, right like it was just yeah. like distance away from Seoul as the one barometer of like relevance for this team and the culture on this team and so for the fact that the capital city of the city with by far the most amount of people in in, in, in the country like cannot feel the winning team it, it is like kind of um it's kind of staying on the league right yeah 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 because i mean it's not like the u.s where you got you know, L.A., New York, you know, you got all these big markets. But right. Korea is very centralized around Seoul. I mean, unless you're talking about Busan, which yeah. is another crazy that's – a, that's a crazy sports town. Um, but, yeah, you really need these teams in and around Seoul to do well. And if, when you look – even when you look at it from a business perspective, like when these teams flourish, I think it helps the league tremendously. Mm-hmm. And when they struggle, you kind of see the popularity of the entire league go down a little bit too. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, man. You know, it's, like, it's just like the NBA. You know, when the Lakers are doing well, you know, when the Knicks are doing well, it's like, you know, it's better for the league, you know, because yeah. you have more fans, you have more eyeballs. Right. Thank you for including. Yeah, thank you for um for 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 including the Knicks in that. I know I was out of. <laughs> Out of pure pity for me, it's <laughs> they, yeah. I, I get it. I think that's but you're. I think that's super interesting because we don't in Korea. There is not. It's it's Seoul and Busan, right? As the two most popular cities outside of that, and like everything needs to be needs to be kind of taken around that. So where where do you think these um these smaller markets have really taken off? Like, is it just kind of ingenuity, like to be you know, smaller and work harder and work nimbler? Like, where do you feel like it's coming from that? Like markets, you know, like um, like a Tegu or a Rusan or even like, you know, like a Suwon or something like that can can come out and trip top the capital city all the time. I think one of the motivations behind all like why and how these small market smaller market teams exist, is, you know, you talked about Tegu, but obviously, you know, that's not a small city. It's one of the bigger cities in Korea for sure. Right. But at the same time. I think the 2002 World Cup helped a lot because uh-huh. you built you built all these great facilities in cities that hosted the World Cup. You know, you have to make use of them somehow. And it's sort of like they were, you know, I would say like the half the reason why those teams were made was because they were kind of forced to, which is yeah. like not a pleasant thing to hear or say, but no, no. that's just the reality of the situation. But I mean, you look at – with Daegu, it's actually a, it actually turned into something positive because their president, Daegu's president of football operations, Cho uh, Wangre, you probably mm. remember him. He was the he was the head coach of the Korean national team back in the day, um, gotcha. in 2010, 2011, and I believe up until 2012. Cool. No, definitely. I put I put a face to it. Yeah, yeah, and he is one of the best football minds in the country for sure. In terms of you know like setting up like it, when he was the head coach, like tactically, he was one of the best for sure. And now that he's in, like, the management side of it, you know, like, he was the mastermind behind that stadium as well. Wow. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. And um, also, you know, in terms of, like, developing young players, he's played a huge role. Um, and, and, like, there was a time when the K-League scrapped the Reserves League, um, gotcha. which – which, which is like a, which was a pretty terrible decision from a 
from the standpoint of like you know developing player young players and things of that nature. But he's the guy who brought it back because he pushed the league to bring that thing back. Oh wow! And um, you when you look at Hegu right now, you have you see players like you know like Kim Dae-won, uh, you have Chung Sung-won, all these young players who are coming up, really exciting players who are going to play mm-hmm. at the Olympics next year. Yeah. Um, really like these guys, and um, he played a really big role in developing them. Kind of like you know, he's he's no longer the head coach, obviously, but creating this environment where these young players can develop and start playing first team football and actually do well. Um, I think that's yeah. So that's awesome. It, I guess it really depends on how these smaller market teams, regardless of why and how they got started. It's, you know, if they can turn it into something positive, like what Tegu did with Chogangne, it's, it's awesome. But you also have these other, you know, like these city government-owned clubs that are sort of like, they're, they're being used as a political agenda. And that's obviously heartbreaking. Right. Um, because you have these players who are playing in those cities, but they're just not getting the kind of support that they need to be able to be like fully professionally, you know, like fully professional players, which is really disappointing especially for these players um but so what, what's like a city-owned team that um that's an example of tegu is one of them but obviously they're one of the they're one of the better ones for now we'll see yeah. how it goes you know long term uh there's a lot dude um like when you look at these teams in the k-league too i would say probably half of that league is half of that league is, is city-owned like anyang is a city-owned team right um tangju the, the the city with the military team right now. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. gonna have a city owned team likely next year in, in the K League too. Gotcha, gotcha. And is it, yeah. is it either your city owned or you're owned by a corporation like Chungbuk or like yeah. you know? so that's kind of how they've they've split it. It's like conglomerates right. or the government who own these teams. Yeah. They gotcha. call it Shimingudan, which uh-huh. essentially if you translate it literally, it it means that you're owned by the citizens or, you know, the locals, but when you get into the details of it, that's not really how it is. They're just owned by the city halls of the respective cities. That's fascinating. Which, yeah, yeah. which is another weird, you know, aspect of um, Korean professional football in Korea. But um, yeah, uh, there are teams that were, they, they made it work. Like that, that made it work. Like, like Daegu's making it work right now. Yeah, yeah We'll have yeah. to see how it works out in the long run, you know, obviously. Gotcha. Um, so it really but, is. Yeah, it's, it's always a- tough though, man. It's always like con- contingent on who's in office at the city hall. Who like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. passion for the team or not? Like that's crazy. Yeah, essentially, if you're owned by the city hall, the mayor of the city is the owner of the team. Wow. Okay. And you know he's probably going to be there. What like four or five years, and he's going to be gone. Yeah. Um, and then everything just changes. That's crazy. So that's what that's what makes it really tough. But Tegu did well with hiring Chogangre as the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, no, he's not going anywhere unless they fire him. Right. And he's sort of in there to set things up, you know, to create that environment. Um, so it's worked out for them so far over the last two, three years. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how it goes, though. Yeah, man. Um, I, I think we, I want to loop back on the kind of corporate, you know, the corporation ownership of it, like, as we kind of finish up. But what I wanted to ask you is, like, I think a lot of, you know, Koreans in America and even, like, fans of – Korean domestic sports are through the national team, right? I think even that's that's true in Korea as well. Yeah. Like, and I saw Bento um, at the games, watching the games. Like, how do these K League teams feed the national team? Like, is there is there a team you see right now that is like 
you know, producing the most national team kind of people, like who have the best kind of mentality and, and work ethic for them, the way the national team plays right now? Or like, what, you know, what does that look like in terms of um, who gets the, the call? I think, you know, it used to be a case where when Korea didn't have that many European-based players, like the best, like the one or two best teams in the league would produce the most national team players. But now that so many guys are playing in Europe, Either in, either in Europe or Japan, China, Middle East, or whatever, you know, because all yeah. the talented players are actually, you know, the K-League is losing a lot of their top talents. Right, um, right, right. Which is, like, which is not always the bad thing because they make money off of them and that ends up going, in, like, part of that goes into developing younger players as well. So that's not, that's not as bad as it sounds. But um, in terms of <coughs> right now, uh, K-League being a funnel for the national team, you know, Jumbuk has a Portuguese manager. Jose Moraes. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, he, I, he has a really close relationship with Bento, obviously, because he, they're, they're both Portuguese. And, like, when you see, like, because sometimes I snoop up on, like, Instagram accounts of these assistant coaches from, from Portugal and Korea. Yeah. And those guys are hanging around all the time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, those guys are hanging, like, these Portuguese people hanging out in Korea. Yeah. Um, so, I think, you know, in terms of, like, what you see stylistically, Jumbo probably produces, like, the most players in terms of how Bento wants to wants his players to play for Korea. Uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of the guys in Jumbo, you see people like, when you know, the that tournament, that East Asian Championship in December, you know, some a midfielder like Sunjuno who plays for, for Jumbo, but not exactly the biggest name, but really right. good player. Yeah, yeah, He played a huge role in Korea winning that tournament, beating Japan in the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw so, Kim Jinsu there, right? Who's who's a left back and a lot of the the World Cup. Right, stuff. right. Yeah, Kim Jinsu is a starting starting left back for Korea and Jumbuk. Um, I can see Ulsan becoming a really integral part of Korean national team as well because um, you know you you see Lee Chung Yong having that great game in in the yeah. first round last weekend. Um, he's you know as long as he's healthy, he should play, he should play for Korea because he not only is he one of the best players on the pitch when he plays but in the dressing room he's one of the leaders as well so yeah and I think you were talking to me about even when you're covering um Imbom about how much yeah. reverence he had for key right and yeah man the that last generation of players I think who kind of touched the 06 you know 02 team a little bit like yeah. with, uh, I remember when Kizong Young and Lee Chung Young came up together right and now like yeah, yeah. elder elder statesman like is there do you get the feeling that there's um that that's league wide that the appreciation respect for what those guys brought is like you know translating to all the young players and like who's taking up the mantle next who do you think is going to be the next next um Lee Chung Young? oh man that's a tough question because that's a that's a really hard like it's going to be hard to fill that void man because yeah. we, look, we look at Lee Chung Young now like you know, towards the end of his career in Europe, he kind of dropped off a little bit because of injuries and things like that. And he played right. in the second division in Germany and stuff. But, like, what he did earlier on in his career, like going to the Premier League straight out of the K-League, it's yeah. not like, it's not like you know, he took that Park Chizong route where he, you know, went to a smaller league like the Dutch League and then went over to the Premier League. He went straight from K-League to the Premier League and made immediate impact there. Yeah. Like, Bolton, right? he's probably the only player who made – as big an impact in the in the Premier League straight out of the K League. That's crazy. Yeah, so like to to be able to fill that void, that's gonna be tough, man. But if I have to pick one, you're we're talking about players in the K League right now, right? 
Yeah, players in the K League or even like you know abroad right now who can who can make who can make that jump, man. I mean, if we're including players in Europe, it's probably Hwang Chan. But, yeah. Um, in the K League, I like I like Kim Dae-won who plays for who plays for Daegu. I mean, in terms of age, talent level, style. Yeah. The swag, probably him. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I want I I um I was asking uh Hogan, you know, when he was here in LAFC. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who, who could you see being really um, successful in LA? You know, and then yeah. first he said Lee Sung Woo. He's like, I think Americans would love Lee Sung Woo and the way that he talks and the way that he acts. And I was like, I agree. Yeah. But then he he brought up um Chung Won, Chung Won of, of Taegu, young kid. You know, like has a good um, identity. You know, and he's like yeah. really like he's like handsome dude, right? And like he's like kind yeah. of out there with his tattoos and stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I could like going. And it's like really interesting to see that. He came from this youth movement from Tegu that they're investing in. And, yeah. Um, I, right now, I mean, you know a lot better than me, like what the levels of leagues are and where that goes. But I think, you know, we're always on the look of like, not only you can make it in Europe, but maybe you can make it in the States. But I think yeah. this, they, all the young Korean people, young Korean kids, players want the European move, like the youngs of the past, right? That's what they're always aspiring to, correct? Yeah. But hey, like, and you, you just mentioned it, like, these Korean players who might be able to play in MLS, there are a lot of players in the K-League who actually want to play in MLS. Real. Or at least they're very curious about it because they want that lifestyle, man. They want that lifestyle in the U.S. You know, like, because living in the U.S. is still something that, they, that they're very attracted to, I feel like. Gotcha. Yeah, so, like, I get asked all the time from the agents that I know, like, you know, how do you think these players, this player will work out in MLS? But it's, it always comes down to money in the end because yeah. you know like those 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 national team level players they make pretty good money in korea and it's very likely that if they're national team players they're going to have chances to go to china or the middle east to make even more money right so for them to kind of sacrifice a little bit of that to go to mls it, that's that's a tough decision for them i mean with yeah. with inbum it was a little easier because vancouver treated him really nicely they gave him a really good offer as well they made him a dp you know yeah 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 and, and that's the wild. fact that so go ahead. Yeah, and the fact that he played for a second division team in Korea, so going to MLS itself was a was a was a big step up for him. Yeah, yeah, That's but crazy. if you're like, but if you're already a player in the K League One, sorry, go ahead, you know, one more time. If you're a player in the K League One, get already getting paid pretty decent money, and you're attracting all these offers from China, the Middle East, or maybe even Europe, it's kind of hard for them to you know steer away from that and go to MLS instead, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a tough pipeline. Like even I think MLS like is is trying to make the South American movement happen right now, you know, and that's yeah, yeah. all the scouting is. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. Like it's to get that level where the 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 market and the level you're looking for to be an MLS starter without being a DP. Yeah. You know what they did for Hong for right. England was like it's really unique and strange. I think to to make a K League compliment, but. Um, no, it's yeah. good to know in terms of like what what they're trying to attract and like what what's going to happen in the future, man. Um, cool. I want to just ask you like I think we can finish up pretty soon, but yeah, sure. Can you give up like um, let's so let's give your champion of the year, your um, your like you know dark horse of the year, right? Wild card and like a fan favorite, and then who's just shit? Like just like you know just. just who would you like? Not looking forward to seeing. You wouldn't mind getting relegated. Like this is like. Yeah. And who, who would you see like flipping the table a little bit? 
Okay, so should we start with champions or yeah, let's like go champion? Let's go champion right now. I mean, you know, like I mentioned it earlier, but like I want to go with Usan because I think they have the squad. Yeah. Like the experience, you know, like the mixture of the mixture of experience and youth, especially in terms of skill and everything. I like everything about them, but just the fact that Chunbuk is a team that won like the last four or five championships out of the last six or something. Yeah. It's kind of hard to go against them. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So like until I see them lose, I can't really pick against them just because the history is just, you know, the recent history is what it is. Right. So I'll have to go with Chunbuk, but I wouldn't be surprised if Busan pulls off an upset. Cool. All right. Um, next one is like a wild card team that you think they can kind yeah. of flip the table a little bit. Come yeah, on. I think this is a team that can make a. Ch- I think. I think definitely they can contend for a place in the Asian Champions League next season. Gotcha. And I mean, if my close friend, who's an agent in Korea, if his prediction is anything to go by, they can contend for a title this year. Wow. And I mean, I, I think they're a really good team, too, because I think okay. they have the right manager. I think they have a squad that fits his style pretty nicely. And like I mentioned, you know, Kim Sung-dae is a player to watch this year. He's a, he's a really good player. Yeah, just a really fluid, you know, versatile, skillful player. They can, they can do a lot of things. He can run in behind. He can drift wide. He can drop off and play as a playmaker. Really like him, man. He, I, I, I would say he's, a, he's definitely one of the MVP candidates for sure. So wow. I see them as a dark horse. Gotcha, gotcha. With their freaking Miami Dolphin uniforms, man, I love it. Dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's and that they have that wonder goal that that Rabona turn looking thing into the into the goal was pretty wild. I yeah, think. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the next category is probably not going to win the league or come close, but the fans will really enjoy them regardless of like team spirit or like the way they play. Like, who's kind of a fan favorite in this K League one? Uh. So, I mean, Kangwon would fit in that category if I didn't pick them as the Dark Horse. Yeah. But if I had to pick another one, I would pick – oh, that's a tough one, man. Because there's a lot. Um, but I would go with – I'll go with Tegu again. Yeah. It, but it's it's only thing with Tegu is that I think they kind of overachieved last season. Yeah. So, it'll be hard for them to kind of keep up with that. But if they can utilize their full potential. But the thing about them is they signed Dejan Damjanovic, who's like a K-League legend. Right, right, right. Really a great player who's gotten up there in age now. But only thing is that we all know how great he is. But it's just that Tegu's style is like they like to play in transition. You know, they're a quick team. You know, they're, they're a team with pace. They're a team with a lot of pace. And they like to play this, you know, like this really vibrant like brand of football but it's just that Dan's, you know with him getting up there in age a little bit and he's not really a fast player he's more of a player who likes to hold the ball make plays for teammates things of that nature so if he can figure out a way to fit into that team and be effective yeah I think they can they can be a really good team again but we're just gonna have to wait and see though like because they've got they've got a new coach they've already kind of like overachieved last season so I'm not sure if they can replicate that, but it would be really cool if they can if they can do it again. Gotcha. What what's what's the scouting report on um Songnam? Oh man, I mean I liked them last season uh-huh. because their manager Namgyel was a really good manager, probably one of the best managers in Korea. Wow. In terms of like in terms of like utilizing, you know, these really just underwhelming talents, <laughs> but uh-huh. um. 
he had some problems with the front office there and he had to leave. But oh, no. so they went and hired they went and hired Kim Namir, who's a legend, obviously, right, right, right. who was a legend as a player. But you know, he has no experience as a manager, and for them to replace a really good manager with a with a manager who doesn't really have any experience at this level, sort of suspect, man, because their their squad is not very um not very good. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. They uh yeah, it's it, it's I it's I don't see it, man. I don't see them having a good season this year. Gotcha. I, I had to ask because a lot of the LFC fans who are used to the black and gold jerseys picks hung oh, up. Oh, yeah. No, black they're jerseys, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's good to know. Yeah, I, the Kim Namir Connect is interesting, but also player coaches first time around. Usually not yeah. a good bet. Yeah. They and, did um, win the first game of the season. So. True, 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 true. Um, last category, team you are not looking forward to seeing. You hope that. It's better for the league if they get relegated. Like, what's what? What, what team is that in, in your book? I, I feel I sense a lot of um, um, pent up anger and frustration at, at a couple teams right now. But what are a couple no. teams? Talk about yeah. Every season, it's the same team. It's it's Sangju Sangmo. Ah. Because no, not because like I have anything against this team or whatever, but because like I mean I I feel bad at saying this because you obviously like the players there and things like that, but you know with them being this military club. I mean, like, on paper, or like, theoretically, they're not even a professional club. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Who are they paid by? The gov- like, the federal government? Like, where does that they're not, get, they're not get, They're not getting paid. I mean, they are getting paid, but it's just, like, really minimal pay that, you know, like, the general, you know, people who go to the army in Korea, like, that, yeah. they're getting paid the same amount of money. Holy shit, for real? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. And not only that, it's just that, like, when you see their starting lineups from one week to another, there's a huge change every year, every mm-hmm. year, just because like I'm assuming it's because they run these like military training simultaneously as their football training or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like because they're, they're starting lineup changes drastically every week. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. And it's like you, you very rarely see the same players starting on a week to week basis for Sangju. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the existence of that club is positive for Korea just because you want these professional players to go to the army to still play professionally. So like, I obviously don't have anything against that, but from a competitive standpoint, it's just like, man, like you have to put up with this for another season, like this team that you just don't know what you're going to get. And like, like after half of the season or after a third of the season, you see the entire, like, or at least like 70, 80% of the squad changing because these players are leaving the military and the new players are coming in. And it's just a, it's just a big mess uh-huh. when, you, when you look at it objectively. So, you know, if I have to pick one team that I wouldn't mind like not seeing in the top flight, it's, it, it'll have to be them like every year. Dude. Dude, that was awesome, man. I had no idea that about like the nuance of like, them getting paid like just any other military personnel and like yeah like i said it's not even it's not even the pay that's the problem it's just that like the way they're being run and like even like the stadium atmosphere there like i mean you obviously can't even blame the fans because the players change every week so you don't even know what team you're going to get when you're going to these games right right, right. <laughs> so yeah it's just it's just a big mess of a situation i think they can do a lot better with managing these military clubs 
to help the players and, you know, which ultimately would help Korean football in general, just because, you know, players will still have to go to the army because not everyone can be like Son Heung-min and win the gold medal at the Asian Games. Yeah. But, yeah, you just hope that from an administrative standpoint, they can do better with, with managing the club. But, like, it's been about 20 years since that team has existed, but it's nothing has really changed much. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Cool. Well, no, that's super, super informative, man. Yeah. And just um, to kind of key you into what I'm thinking about what we're going to do with the audio here is like, I think we can cut it up into some portions and like do some like video feed and stuff where we can like show yeah. um, like logos, you know, and like um, even players that are in it. Um, and then we can just kind of like cut your audio into it and like just have like even the last four thing we're talking about, I think we can do like a pretty easy like Instagram thing. We'll make sure to share everything with you just for like, you know, if you have anything you want to take out, like please let us know and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, IG Live is a lot more informal and we could just gone and shut the shit. But I feel like if we have something recorded, then we want to make it make sure it's good. So yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on, man. I appreciate you, man. Just honestly, like you're the best at this, like and we have <laughs> Thanks, man. we're watching dude so it's no, it's, this, um, is, no this was fun man let's do this again hell yeah dude we're gonna do it again um what are you writing yeah. next man? what what i'm looking forward to uh i'm gonna do i actually have it written already i published the story with uh with the vancouver whitecaps technical director nice okay yeah because that guy man he used to be the team manager at mainz when jurgen klopp was there whoa Crazy. Yeah, and that's when they signed Chaduri. Yeah, holy shit. Which is like, yeah, and he told me a lot of stories about that, which makes it a really interesting story. And when he was at Mainz, he also worked with uh, Kujachal and Park Wow, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of interesting stories there. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that next. Um, and I also have an interview that I did with uh, Mark Dos Santos, who used to be the you know, he was the assistant coach at LAFC two he years was ago. Number two, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a uh, real nice guy. He was a scout when he was young. Oh wow. And he he sort of worked his way up, and now he's the head coach in MLS. And obviously, you know, Vancouver had a tough season last year, but um, they won their first game of the season in in Carson. Um, yeah, they did. <laughs> you know, I watched that game with Ben. Oh, you went. Oh, you went to that one. Hell yeah! Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we both went separately, but we met up there and we watched the game together. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, he um he he invited us last minute to go watch Inbound, but we we're just like, bro, you know, supporter group yeah. shit. We're already so fucking tired from like <laughs> like drinking and preparing for our game, and it's like I can't watch another game right now. But yeah, now man. I should have went. Yeah. Now I now I regret not not seeing everything I can. But um, yeah, things will be back, man. And uh, Inbound hopefully will have another good. Uh, maybe even a half a season MLS and we'll see what happens yeah. after that. But yeah, yeah. It's exciting, man. I think the big thing for us is like, yeah, we're still trucking on, on, on doing all our stuff, but no, thanks for coming on, dude. This has been another episode of the FCFC pod. We love you guys. Stay safe and we'll see you soon enough. FCFC. 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 FSA, 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 FSA,